Yeah, that's a wait. We'll wait for the because by then I'll be able to tell it better and I won't get distracted. What do you mean? No, no. I just no. I'm gonna tell. It just let me hear the story one more time right now. Just right. once more. Okay. Well, and and this is my point, and I'll I'll get to the point afterwards. But that's, the, the point's more important. I feel like. Yeah, it sure. is. It is it, because it's. I feel like uh, just a small example for me to come back to. As an adult of when I was a child and took things for granted and didn't realize that nothing ever changes. Well, it's, it's only just, you that changes. It's just because you're a child and, and you get older and you start to realize the meaning of the meaning of the things that happened to you in your lifetime. And it wasn't traumatic and it wasn't by any means memorable. M- memorable. You know what I'm saying. It wasn't... I, I just couldn't... I couldn't just conjure that up if it didn't stick with me for some reason. Yeah. But for some odd reason, that was memorable to me at the time. So when I was like six, seven, maybe going on eight, right? I had the Game Boy Advance SP. You know, everybody had one of those at the time. It was yeah, like, I had one. It was like the upgrade to the Advance because it had a backlight. Sammy, you remember that shit? Sorry, sorry. The Game Boy Advance SP, you ever have one of the Nintendo? Uh, my Yeah, my brothers did. Okay, so I had a cobalt blue one, right? Mm-hmm. I got mad one day too, because I was playing Pokemon and like shit didn't go my way and I took a key and like scratched my little character up. Yeah, that was a bad, badass decision because then I turned it off and realized that it's still yeah. a screen. Anyways. I would, I would throw my shit against the wall whenever I couldn't beat a level. Throw it, yeah. I was, one, it, I was one of those kids. Fucking desecrate on it, whatever. You know, it's all. Cuss it, it out. No, nothing's out of bounds. Think about bending it backwards, but just squeezing it so tight. Goddamn machines! Why can't you do what I want? Like, like back in the day was the most. Like I feel like it's like you get a gaming system, and the game that you really play with the gaming system is the one that. Can you, I get mad enough to break this shit? The one that you. That's you're challenged point. by. You. It's, can I get mad enough to break this shit? Is yeah, this shit gonna... Like, the one that gives you a is run this, for your Is this money. gonna be the game? Before you even have money to run. makes me break my system? Fuck. That was... That's games as a kid. But but we we brought this up. You brought the entire story okay, up so for I, a reason. Okay, so I brought it up for a reason, you know. It, it all comes full circle. But anyways, the story goes, I was... I had lost my Game Boy, right? I lost it. And I was looking for it. But... My parents weren't with me, okay? My sweet Nana, she didn't know what a fucking Game Boy was. I just described it to her as the little blue circle, or circle, square. It doesn't matter. It's the, the blue shape that I play with for hours on end. And uh, she said, I don't know where it is, okay? So I'm running around the house looking for this Game Boy. I come back, like, to what seems like an hour to me. I come back, like, an hour later. It's probably, like, 30 minutes. And I... I'm like, man, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. She's, she looks at me, looks down at me, she says, son, it's right in your hand. And sure enough, it was like, eureka moment. Right. Like I look down, it's like looking through my eyes for the first time, and I see it, and it, I'm gripping it in my hand. And it, it was there all along. It's crazy. And I had it. Even though I thought I'd lost it, I had it. But I had it. The moral of the story is you never really have anything. No. I mean, I mean, I, f- I even find myself sometimes in intimate situations where I'm just loaded, 
and I'm like, I'm inside of somebody, and I'm like, did I stop and take time to put the condom on? Like, that's how high I'll be. And then I'll pull out and look at it, and it'll be some high shit. You know what I mean? Man. And, and I usually, nine times out of t- uh, eight times out of ten, have the condom on. Eight. And you you ask yourself the question. Eighty percent. Not of, like, how did I do this, but, like, when did I do this? When did I do this? When? Because... In, in your mind, you have a perfect clock that never stops, all right? You're always looking through your own eyes. And sometimes you're looking through your eyes so well that you can't see what's right in front of you. And everything's perfect. Everything everything always seems perfect in your head, even if it's not. not that's, that's, that's what it is when people trip, is that's when things begin to be not perfect in your eyes and things start to make funny shapes and you're like oh that doesn't look regular that doesn't look normal that that's not the normal feed that i get so at some point do you realize though that it always was like that does it normalize and you just like you're desensitized that's what i'm saying so that's when when people trip they always ask the question is like did i stop tripping or did i just settle into the chaos that was happening and that's the paradox Mm. And as as someone who's never tripped, I I want to think that like I would feel that way, but I don't think I feel that way because I always feel like I'm tripping. Like, did I or did I not just finish? Oh no, dude! Fifth of How do you don't know? even say that. Not loud. liquor. But did I actually? Did it happen? Okay, there might have been witnesses, but... And, and what, what, like, a fucking shaman would say to you, he'd be like, he'd be like no, it didn't happen, it's happening. Which, that would be the answer. Which is relatable as well, because... I mean, like we've alluded to this whole time, nothing ever matters that isn't right in front of happening right now I couldn't I couldn't I could beat this horse dead you can say it doesn't matter but what about what about FOMO what about fear of missing out okay FOMO I'm sorry FOMO is it's literally it's that it's trying to deal with what's right in front because when you're experiencing it right you're mad about you're not even mad you're just upset and confused about why what, it's what happening. What could be in front of you? I'm what could be in front of you? What could be in front of you? Yeah, what what could be happening? But you're left you're left with what is present. And and that's sometimes for some reason for most situations and I think this is the reason for severe intoxication. Like people taking Xanax, people doing whatever the fuck. I think it's because the present moment is never exciting than what you can than the imagination. The present moment is never as exciting as the human imagination. It's never as exciting as the build-up either, because when I used to go over to my homie's house, you know, it's like it's kind of like deja vu because like I can't drive now. So when I would you know go hang out with Nick, right? I I'd be going for the night, just you know, but that night would feel like a lifetime. Like, we would stay up as late as our little bodies could handle. Jacked up on Dr. Pepper and whatnot. (laughs) You know, whatever was lying around. Because my dad, he would say to me, he would take me over there, you know, and he would say, son, he wouldn't say some shit like, be on your best behavior. He'd say, don't drink any caffeine. Hmm. And I, 
I would go and drink caffeine. That would, that would be the first thing that I did, just because he told me not to. Of course I was behaved. Yeah, because I knew better. But like, it reminded me I started going to therapy when I was like 16, because my dad figured out that I started smoking weed. He was like, you need to go see my dude, all right? This guy named Mark Ring. And one of the first stories that he told me, he said, when I would go out to ball games in high school and stuff, my dad, he was a pretty stoked man, just like your dad. He'd say to me, before I left, you know, before I drove off, he'd say, son, you have protection. And he'd say, you have your pocket knife on you? And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm, pr I'm protected. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. And then later his mom would pull him aside and say, Mark, he, he wasn't actually asking you if you had your pocket knife on you. He was asking you if you had a fucking condom, if you had a glove. There was just no intimacy. It was, it was code, you know? I mean, now you could see what I mean. You got protection, yeah. But I mean, do you, do you they want... never talked about sex. My parents didn't talk about sex with me. My parents didn't talk about anything. My parents were too old. Yeah, yeah, they, they just thought, oh, if, if we are rough enough on them, maybe they'll understand what we've I mean, been through. My parents are, like, are younger than yours, and they don't, they did not talk about shit with me. Yeah, me neither. But they were still pretty stoked, right? They were, they were strict. Oh, yeah, they were really strict on me. Like, just, like, in ways where, I don't know, be just, you know. Punishment and all that shit. My mom like, never stood. It was just like they they wouldn't share. They didn't, they never shared with me how they were when they were young. So it was just like for me to be whatever, me to choose to go do this and go do that. But then it's like I would get in trouble for you know smoking weed or whatever. But it's just like so now we have the perfect diorama, right? We got. Sort of, kinda, a lot of kinda, sort of, kinda, no kinda. Yeah, mine's very sort of, kinda. But your parents, like, they, they were strict on you, but like... Like, my parents were Muslim strict, so it's like... I feel like that's a different level of parenting. Oh no! Just like the whole, uh, I, don't, I like I have a tracker on like on my phone for Same the fucking here. longest. I still have so. it. On. I still have it on. I got a tracker on my soul. My dad but drug I told tested you my fucking mom. There was a time where my parents split for a little bit, and like sometimes I would just skip school in high school, and like my sister would already be back at my mother's apartment, smoking weed with her, and like there was a time where. I'd been so high on some strawberry coffee in my mother's apartment, smoking with my mom, that I thought I figured out that who God was. It was it was crazy, but then you know, man, some wild shit. My dad like sent us a letter. You know, he was like all alone back in the crib. He was like, I miss seeing y'all do this and this and this. Basically, like an adult guilt trip. And then we came back. And he drug tested all of us, and we were fucking smoking, yeah. Drug testing? Yeah, so therapy was right after that. Therapy was right after that. And I am really thankful that I went to therapy, honestly. Um, I didn't smoke weed all throughout high school, though, because of that. I didn't smoke anything in high school. Nah. 
It wasn't until I moved out, moved out, and uh, it was gradual. It was like, hit the city. Oh, fuck, I'm actually about to be late. 1215. That reminds me of this. Just okay, drink this some one time. My mom's, she's always been like, the only time she's been stripped, it were like 